Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment, for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Do you happen to have a chance, Cube? I don't, but I do have some dice from Marvel Dice Throne. Coming soon, Marvel Dice Throne is a fast and fun board game for all ages. Each player selects one of eight heroes to face off in a head-to-head battle to see who earns the right to take the throne. Gameplay involves strategically rolling dice to activate special abilities, playing unique hero cards to manipulate results, and upgrading your hero board to power up your stats. The project is currently being crowdfunded on Kickstarter, so head there now to check out their Kickstarter exclusives and reserve your copy today. Welcome, Nerdy Knights of the Well-Rounded Table, to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky and terrifyingly sad dives into our favorite <laughs> fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master, Rebel Scum Collaborator, and Holding Back Her Tears. <laughs> and I am Pirate Jedi, Anders Drew. But no matter what rank we carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have. Oh, if only we could learn how to come back from the dead. It's fine. This season, I'm Bohemian Geek Studies. That. Yeah, right? Yeah, Akakiri can do that. (laughs) (laughs) That is for our visions pod. (laughs) Okay, everybody, this season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking our detailed turkey dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today, we're diving into season four, episodes 10 and 11, two that will personally devastate me no matter when I watch them, Jedi Knight and Doom. Spelled Mm -hmm. D-U-M-E, everyone. (laughs) Yes. We have done our absolute best to scramble our signal, and we will be avoiding spoilers as best we can for the rest of Season 4. But spoiler warning for everything else in Star Wars canon. And I will throw in my usual adult content warning for those younglings. So without further ado, Colleen, let's grab our gliders and explore those holocrons of knowledge. Punch it and open up that first holocron. Excellent. Here we go. Starting out with the Journal of the Wills, our first telecron. This is where we go over the plot, episode, synopsis, and summary for this week. Whoo, here we go. I'm going to try not to cry, everyone. Jedi Knight opens with Kanan meditating, watched by one of the Loaf Wolves. When Ezra approaches, Kanan tells his Padawan that he must take the lead in planning to get Hera back. Adorable. Ezra protests, but Kanan is firm that his own feelings for Hera will probably cloud his judgment. Mm-hmm. He's in love, everyone. So Ezra has to be in charge which is pretty cute. Ezra's like, okay. <laughs> He's like, I can come up with something, Dad. He'll be fine with mm-hmm. mom. 
at the Imperial Dome, Governor Price is torturing Hera for information because she's a bitch and we hate her. Thrawn enters and wonders about progress, to which Price replies that he hasn't started, like she hasn't started asking questions yet. She's just fucking torturing her for no reason. Mm. Poor Hera. Uh, Fuck you, Price. I love Hera so much, and this is just horrible. Thrawn starts to question Hera himself, taunting her with the Calcori and the memories it represents, memories of a family line that dies with her. Thrawn leaves Price to her work. Mm. Mm. Mm, it's fine. Ezra, from his former tower, adorable, but also why are they there, can sense that Hera is in the dome, specifically Price's office. Like, good work, Ezra. That is, and it's nice recon on their part. Yeah. Much more prep that usually goes in, than usually goes into things like this. Really so true. I guess it's because they're rescuing Hera. <laughs> like, if you didn't have a plan, she said, kill us. <laughs> Which, yes, she would be quite angry if you went in with no plan. The rebels resolve to build some low-tech gliders to fly into the facility since they won't appear on sensors as anything other than low fat. Hmm. They piece together the gliders and get ready to depart, which involves Kanan giving himself a haircut and a shave. Mm. And it does not look good. It does not look good, y'all. He's blind. (laughs) (laughs) No mirror in that cave also. Yes. Meanwhile, up in orbit, Thrawn gets a summons from Grand Moff Tarkin to go to Coruscant and have a meeting with the Emperor himself regarding the TIE Defender program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funding, funding, as Director Krennic is pushing more funds for his project, Project Stardust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thrawn knows that he has to go, so he signals to Price that he is leaving and departs. So Kanan, Sabine, and Ezra manage to glide in undetected, even by Rook. Mm -hmm. They land. Ezra and Sabine kind of race off into the building to help secure their exit strategy. And Kanan climbs down outside the building down to Price's office. Where Hera... impossible's the shit out of that. He really does. Where Hera is still being interrogated. Price decides that she needs to set things up and use the Imperial Mind Probe on her, so Hera gets injected with Truth Serum. But again, it doesn't appear to work. Frustrated, Price leaves. Hera notices Kanan crawling outside the window and just starts, like, giggling. It's like, dude, you guards are in trouble now. (laughs) And Kanan cuts his way through the floor. I thought he was going to do the window. And takes out the guards. Hera is very loopy. She is just out of it. Uh, and tells Kanan she doesn't like his hair. Yeah. Speaking for all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Kanan reveals he also has retrieved the Calicori for her. And they begin the climb back up to the gliders. But this time, Rook has noticed <clears throat> and is following. I hate him too, everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least on Rebels, I hate him. Back at the gliders, Hera and Kanan are on the verge of a moment, mm, but Rook interrupts. In the fight, Kanan loses his lightsaber, and they're joined by some death troopers that Hera manages to blast away. Like, good job, Hera. You're high as fuck, and yet you're still really great (laughs) in conflict. (laughs) They escape on one of the gliders. Once again, Hera is high, everyone, and she is piloting this thing, radioing to Sabine that they'll need a pickup at the fuel depot. Ezra and Sabine take control of one of the Imperial ships, on the way to take out the rebels and arrive to pick up Kanan and Hera. Hera tells Kanan she loves him as they make for the ship, but Price orders her walker to target the fuel pod. Unacceptable, everyone. This moment is just not okay. 
every single rewatch I know it's coming and still I, I watch it and I'm like oh god <laughs> hoping that it won't happen again all right Kanan uses the force to hold back the explosion that is triggered by Price firing on them and pushes Hera onto the ship with Ezra and Sabine his eyes healing themselves just before they lose sight of each other and the blast consumes him and I'm crying it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I will say this is it, it does not take much for a TV show, a movie, a book, like anything for tears to kind of well up in my eyes. But this is one of the only times that they actually kind of start to flow that like they break and start, they break the water line, they break the water line and start coming down. It is rough. So bad. I'm worse in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Picking up the next episode, Doom, right where we left off. A trooper is informing Price that it looks like the rebel ship managed to get away, but they can confirm via surveillance footage that the blast killed the Jedi, Kanan Jarrus. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it also, the explosion took out their entire fuel supply, which they need for those factories, you know, to manufacture things like the Tide Defenders that Thrawn is so keen on. Whoopsies. The, you know. (laughs) The factories that they want to keep running, despite the fact that the rebels have been trying to shut them down. (laughs) They now must shut them down because they have no fuel. Price declares instead that they will hold a victory parade to show off this incredible victory over this Jedi. Yeah, what a bitch. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Seven Chopper, welcome back Ezra, Sabine, and the rescued Hera. But they received the news about Kanan, and it's just... This is another tough moment. Zeb does not know what to say. He like kind of can't believe it, and then it sinks in. So he and Ezra embrace while Chopper zips right up to Hera, reaches out his little claw, and takes her hand and just holds her. <laughs> and she holds it back. <laughs> they get back to the cliffside base, and Ryder is listening to some Imperial broadcast notes about the parade. The rebels are kind of at a bit of a loss. They know Mon Mothma is not going to commit more resources to Lothal, especially not after the losing Kanan. And Hera doesn't really know what to do. She can't focus on that right now amidst all of her grief. Um, Zeb and Sabine kind of decide they need to cause some trouble for the Empire. Like they need to go hit something to blow off some, some of that steam. And Ezra is just kind of sitting there lost. He eventually gets chased by a few loth wolves out into the out into the grass. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now we're back to the Imperial Dome where Thrawn contacts and chastises Price for trying to cover up the fact that she destroyed all of their fuel, thereby halting his tie defender program. This is basically what the rebels wanted to do, and she achieved it for them. <laughs> so I guess. The one thing we can thank you for, Price, is just trying to fuel depot. He tells Rook that with Kanan dead, the rebels will fall apart and be reckless. Rook leaves and Thrawn promises to deal with Bryce later. <laughs> for the Empire, we all know what that means, everyone. Hera is back in the caves, distraught as she laments not telling Kanan sooner how she really felt and all the time they could have had together. <laughs> Chopper like holds out the Kalakori and is like, so this though this is he's like your family and her decides that no one deserves to be added to it more than Kanan does Mm -hmm. 
Then we get back to Seb and Sabine. I love when these two are paired together. I think this is a nice little moment away from all the sadness. Like, yes, somebody is feeling angry about this, and it would be these two. They're observing the Imperial celebrations and notice that the factories are all shut down. Like, even if there was a parade, they wouldn't shut down the factories. <laughs> it, they just would not do that. The Empire doesn't give days off, Sabine. <laughs> yeah. There. At the same time, Ezra is lost in the night after being chased by the wolves. He defeatedly recites his poem, Loth Rat, Loth Cat, Loth Roth Run, Pick a Pack, and all is done. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, this is fine. Both of the times he uses this, by the way, he is without Kanan. So <laughs> mm-hmm. just hits home even harder. Zeb and Sabine manage to set up an explosion, watching from a distance. When they notice Rook coming towards them, whoopsies, <laughs> they decide to take the assassin head on. Mm, maybe not the best choice, but we're going to try. Ezra awakens surrounded by low foes, including one who is enormous, huge. Yes. This is like elephant or bigger sized low who identifies itself as Doom. So we go back. Zeb and Sabine fight Rook, uh, made kind of more complicated by the fact that he now has a personal camouflage generator. So he's straight up the predator. Um, Sabine Tiny gets around that. Predator. He's fun size predator. He's fun size predator. Yes. Sabine gets around it at first by using her kind of uh, thermal vision. But when she loses her helmet, she detonates a paint bomb to cover him. And that get let Zed get the upper hand, and he just goes to town and is beating the crap out of Rook, yeah. uh, almost killing him before Sabine pulls him back, noting that they are better than that. They don't kill prisoners like that. I mean, they shoot people down all the time. They blow things up. But no, no, not, not this time. Not, not this time. Uh, so they decide to send a message that they are still there, that they are still have some resolve by Sabine gives Rook a very colorful paint job and they kind of just put him on a speeder bike and send him off unconscious in like a general direction where they'll probably find him. Yeah. Mm, fine. <laughs> you set the homing beacon, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so Ezra's trying to get answers from Doom, uh, who eventually, one word at a time, <laughs> tells him that they must continue to fight on and they must they have to do it together. Also signaling that the Jedi Temple needs some help. And eventually gives the boy a stone from the temple that with these three hands on it. Uh, he tells Ezra he must restore the path, the past, and redeem the future. Ezra then kind of wakes up out of this crazy dream vision thing and knows how to get back to base camp. The episode ends, Hera places the updated Calicori on the altar right where Kanan was meditating at the start of Jedi Knight, mm-hmm. uh, or where he cut his hair, um, back in the caves. And everyone kind of starts coming back. Sabine tells Hera that Kanan didn't just sacrifice himself, he completed their mission. The entire Imperial factory system has been shut down. When they start to think about what to do next, Ezra comes back and says that their next job is to help the temple. Hmm. End of doom. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's move right. Let's roll right into it, Colleen. We're going to open up our second holocron. This is the Will of the Force, where we explore the theme or themes of today's episodes. Ooh, I can talk. Every Everything's fine. Okay, episode 10, Jedi Night. Our theme is sacrifice. 
we basically learn here what the wolves were trying to tell Kanan last episode. His time was coming to an end. I don't think they gave him an end point, but something was going to happen and he was needed for this cause, needed by the force. This is no longer about the small rebellion. Kanan is part of the bigger picture, like really bigger picture of the force and his action helped this cause and he saved all of his loved ones. Hera, Ezra, Sabine, it, and I think it's a choice he would make every single time. Every time, without hesitation. And he he does. It's that image of him holding the fire and holding with one hand, everyone, <laughs> and holding Hera back with the other. And he's still able to like push her back onto the ship and push the ship away. It's incredible. It is an amazing sequence. It breaks my heart every time. But this is Kanan, who he is, who he would want to be. Mm-hmm. Even though he's very young when he dies, this is still a really beautiful moment between a Jedi who is not supposed to love and all of his loved ones. It's yes. like Zeb isn't there, which is so sad that Zeb isn't there. For I this. thought that was a really weird choice. Like, I, I understand that you want the shot next episode of them. Um... Yeah discovering but like why wouldn't zeb and chopper be well chopper maybe because he can't ride on the glider but why wouldn't zeb be in on this he might either be too heavy for the glider or they're worried about his scent Uh, that's the only thing i could think of because i too was like why wouldn't you bring zeb he's your muscle but he also couldn't infiltrate as easily either Mm -hmm. so it's like damn it poor zeb gets left out of everything (laughs) (laughs) our poor baby he'll have more to do later we promise For episode 11, Doom, our theme is loss and grief. This is like a masterclass in the evolving nature of grief. Mm -hmm. Each of the characters exhibit grief in a different way in this episode, which is really cool to see. Uh, Ezra, of course, is like lost. He's just lost. Hera is devastated. Like she's consumed by her grief and really can't talk to anyone. Zeb is confused at first, but then he locks in on Sabine's let's go get some angry revenge energy Mm -hmm. real quick, which is kind of cool to see. Like Zeb at first wasn't like, yeah, let's go pay them back. He doesn't really understand or get what's going on. And then Sabine's like, no, we're going to go fuck him up. And he's like, okay, (laughs) that sounds good. I, uh, I do like that they're able to kind of move into the next phase at the end. Like their grief isn't gone. Though it's not no. going to disappear. Light spoiler, we will be dealing with this. Like <laughs> Rebels doesn't just throw away the grief and the remorse, the guilt that these characters are feeling. It will reverberate. So don't worry about that. It's not just going to be like, oh, poof, everything's better. No, it is not better. <laughs> but they also have a job to do. Like as much as I was really angry with Ryder and how he reacted, I know why he did because they still have to help protect all of these people mm-hmm. who are with their cell. And that's what Ryder, he's, he was the governor of Lothal. He's thinking of bigger picture, saving the planet, keeping his people safe. And he knows that he needs Hera really to do that. <laughs> and to a lesser extent, like Ezra and Sabine and Zeb also, like they're a crew, but he really needs Hera to be their leader. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she just can't right now. It's like, no, of course she can't right now. Oh. We need time. Time's just even a little bit. Don't have. Yeah, just even like a day. Like give her a day. 
to process and kind of at least move into the next phase of her grieving process. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> next up, our series Bye. theme. I mean, we would normally be on the chosen family here. We kind of just hit on that with how all the different characters are hitting their loss and grief. So mm -hmm. our series theme that we've, Kanan's been giving this message to us the entire time, how we fight matters. Mm -hmm. He's been telling Ezra this throughout the entire series. Um, Jedi fight, but how you choose to fight is just as important. Mm -hmm. Spills over this theme, Sabine and Zeb, during Doom, when Zeb is about to kill Rook, and Sabine's like, we're so much better than that. Like, we we don't kill out of vengeance. It's not it's not how they do. I mean, I don't know how many people died in the explosion that they just set, but... Right. <laughs> it's good for the story, like, especially if you have a lot of kids watching, it's good yeah. for them to be like, no, let's not murder a character directly on screen, though, by, like, beating his face in. Probably, yeah, probably a good choice. But yeah, us, we would have killed him because he is an enemy agent who is very dangerous. <laughs> yes. But like I said, vengeance killing isn't their way and that could lead them to problems later if they had. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Doom the Wolf tells Ezra that he needs to keep fighting. But Ezra is like, how? How do we keep going? And the answer is together. Emphasizing Ezra is not alone. None of them are. They have friends, they have comrades they can lean on. Even though Kanan's gone, he's still going to be with them. Mm -hmm. And they're all still going to do this together. Yes. Unlike the Jedi who are like, no, fuck. <laughs> 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 oh my god, yes. I do uh -huh. love how the animated series really push this point home. Like, no, connections are what save you. Yes. I love that part, <laughs> which we're going to talk about more in our next Hulk <laughs> Okay, so we're going into our third holocron, the galaxy's populace. This is where we explore the characters and relationship covered in today's episode. We do have a lot today. There's a lot to discuss because a lot freaking happens. Yes. <laughs> it's so a lot is happening. I'm going to start off with something a little more minor with Thrawn. If you read the Thrawn canon books, this is where things get a little interesting between the characterization of Thrawn between the show and the novels. In Thrawn Treason, you're like actively rooting for Thrawn to win, for real. Like you want him to win <laughs> in this novel that is set between episodes of Rebels. Like this is the same character and you actually want him to succeed. He shows this more compassionate side in the novel but is still ruthless when it comes to his enemies, just not in the same way. I especially have a hard time sometimes with Rebels Thrawn because it's very one-sided. It's not like Zahn's creation as much. He's very cold, but in the context of the show, it makes sense. He's supposed to be the chief villain. He is supposed to be chilling and scary. Right, he, he's the chief what, Colleen? Thrawn, Thrawn is the what? <laughs> <laughs> of this story, Thrawn is supposed to be the villain. Although I think Price is more villainous, but we're going to talk about her later. His chat with Hera, though, is really chilling. He's not an arc thief, though, in the books. I think this is his way of getting under her skin and trying to break Absolutely. her because that's his job. I don't think normally he would just like go into some place and take art. That's just not his jam. Usually has like holograms of shit, not the actual things. But 
we're not looking for quite as deep of a characterization for Thrawn in the show. Like he has a job to play, that is what he's doing. And it makes sense for the viewer to think of him more as like an Imperial cog in the machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so <laughs> I'm next so up, sorry I gave you this one. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay, it's okay. So next up, uh, it, it's Kanan. I mean, these are Kanan's episodes. He gets the focus on him for pretty much all of Jedi Knight. Um, and his spirit, his presence is all over Doom. Yeah. The mere memory is haunting to all of the characters in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about sacrifice earlier. Watching this episode for yeah, maybe like the seventh, eighth, tenth, twentieth time. I don't know how many times Colleen has seen this. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> it really, it does bring home that Kanan was ready to die for his family, even though he didn't necessarily want to go. Caden's eyes coming back there is actually, it was an accident. Yeah. It was a accident, which is wild. Yeah. So Dave Filoni sketched Kanan kind of in this scene and accidentally just like didn't blur out his eyes. He just had them back. So that's kind of what they were animating. And he was like, you know what? That works. I like it. I will say it's a beautiful yeah. shot too. The, the healing of the eyes is so well done. And that, gorgeous. and in the end, Kanan and Hera are able to see each other one last time. Ooh. So Kanan's last words to Ezra and Sabine are, may the force be with you. And on this pod, we absolutely ride for the idea that this is Star Wars code for I love you. So it is the perfect send off for him and the kids. Uh, I just every single time I'm like, oh, it's fine. Okay. So talking about Harris probably <laughs> made me tear up too. So talking about anyone in this episode really is going to do that. Mm-hmm. But drugged up Hera gives us a little bit of comedic relief. She is a better shot than a stormtrooper when she's, she's better than the death trap than the death troopers when she's yes. stoned. Wild. Hera is just amazing. She shows off her strength, her resilience in these episodes. She doesn't cave into Thrawn or prices intimidation. She's like, no, fuck you. I'm not telling you anything. She's a force to be reckoned with. But then the shot of Chopper reaching for her hand is one of the best and most emotional of the series, if not in Star Wars completely. Like we finally get to see Hera getting emotional and not in control. Like Hera is big on being in control. And in this episode, we finally get her like down. Mm-hmm. She actually is down in this. Piece. I'm like, mm, it's fine. Ah, okay, next I'm going to talk about Kanan and Hera. This for me is the most devastating part of Star Wars. All of it. Every single part of Star Wars, this devastates me the most. I hate that it had to happen to Kanan and Hera. Like, even in, later in the timeline, Hera is in the Alphabet Squadron books and she flashes back to Kanan and her memories of him and how much she wishes that he was still with mm-hmm. her. And I'm just <laughs> reading those books in, from her, in her POV is just wild because she's still a general and still fighting. And she's just like, where's my Jedi boo though? I want him <laughs> back. Uh, and like, she finally said, I love you out loud in these episodes, but was then torn away from him immediately. I, we think here that they've had a close relationship for a while. Yeah. Like basically the entire time they've had some sort of relationship going on, whether it was out and about or not. I think it was reciprocal on both ends. Like they both love each other. They're there for each other. But Kanan was like, 
uh, it's okay. I know where your head's at. I know you, I understand you. He knew where her focus was and he respected that. He didn't push too hard, except near the end of like this season started and he started pushing. <laughs> and yeah. I will, I will give my theories for that at the end of the <laughs> end of the entire pod. I will give my theories on that. Their love story may have ended tragically, but it's super nuanced, healthy. This is a healthy Star Wars relationship. <laughs> so of course it ends tragically. <laughs> yeah, of course, which we do not get in Star Wars very often. All of the relationships are some sort of tattered remnants of what they could be. <laughs> I love that they like listen to each other. They were a good team, always there for each other. And even though Hera thinks that she didn't say enough, I think Kanan knew. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely knew. And his every action proved that he loved her as well. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I think that he told her, I think they told each other in differing ways how much they loved each other. And that's oh. why this is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Next. <laughs> not just sad for them, but Ezra. Oh, poor sweet Ezra. He oh. loses not only his teacher, not only his mentor, his master, his father, a real father figure. Yeah. Um, I mean, in Star Wars, we have a lot of Padawans lose their masters. Mm-hmm. It's a trope in all of sci-fi, all of fantasy that the the wise the old master, master dies. And that's why that's when you have to step up. But this might just be the most devastating. This is much worse than Obi-Wan on the Death Star. No yes. offense to the original trilogy, but this this hits a little harder. Ezra's been with him for like four years. <laughs> yeah. Without Kanan, Ezra, he kind of becomes unmoored. He's not sure what he should do. Yeah. The wolves can sense his fear. And that's kind of what prompts them to attack. Mm-hmm. Trying to just kind of jar him back into reality, back into the moment. Yeah. He has to carry on this mission now that Kanan's gone and the wolves. Unfortunately, just like the rest of us, like, I'm sorry, we don't have a lot of time. Right. We have pressing things that we have to do. Mm-hmm. And Kanan would want him to, to move on, to lead yep. specifically, which is why he had Ezra take command of that rescue mission. Yeah. He prepared Ezra the best he could. I mean, he didn't, Kanan was not that confident in his teaching abilities, but Ezra right. has come so, so far. And in the end, Ezra is able to kind of come to terms with the position he finds himself in yes. and start to move <laughs> forward. <laughs> He takes that path. Oh, man. Yeah, he finally finds, he chooses his path. He doesn't just let a poem pick it for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he actually chooses it. Okay, Price, this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I hate her so much, everyone. Oh, yeah. No, she's One of my out. most hated Star Wars characters just because she kills Kanan. Oh, man. But her arc is actually pretty interesting. I love, like, seeing her scramble here politically. Like, she's just looking for any kind of victory. She's lost her mind a bit. Like, the choice to blow up the fuel fuel depot just to kill, even if it got all of them, that's still only four rebel soldiers that she would have killed by decimating the entire fuel source for their victories. Like, this is a wild choice. And Theron is understandably a little pissed about this. Like, seriously why would you do this? And this is like the culmination of all of the failures that she has gone through, through seasons three and four. Like this is just the buildup of you suck. We need help. We need to bring Rook in because you can't handle it. 
And this is her being like, no, I can handle it. I can kill these rebels. And she gets one and a very important one, but she has failed to realize the big picture. Like the emperor would not be prep, would not be happy. No. With this situation. Like, no. Oh my God. I do like that she is basically like, I will pull myself up by my bootstraps though and have a clever idea to kind of shift people's attention away from certain things. Like she is still politically savvy. Like, savvy. like she's trying to come back from a loss. Unfortunately for yeah. her, Thrawn sucks at reading politics. So he just yeah. he just sees the the plain text. Yeah, Thrawn doesn't care about a parade. He's like, fuck your parade. <laughs> You have basically derailed my entire project. Yeah. Especially when he just spent an entire novel fighting <laughs> for funding for his project. <laughs> oh, Please, everyone, read the Thrawn canon trilogy. <laughs> yes. All right, next up we have Sabine. So Sabine's grief at Kanan's move just, she, it goes right into anger. She is mm -hmm. not happy. She is mad, and she plans on disrupting this parade. But she does ultimately, she gets to the point where she can restrain herself as they get closer to the city. Yeah. And notice that something's just a little off. That inquisitive mind she has, that strategy that she had, that strategy that she actually is, really kind of takes control. And they decide against ultimately attacking the parade and just focus on the fact that Kanan completed their mission. The factories are done. They've shut down. Mm -hmm. Which exactly. is what they've been trying to do for years whole time i do kind of like that it's zeb who point this points this out like sabine is still kind of like maybe we should attack but she's still holding back a little bit like they get there and she's like maybe that's not the best idea mm -hmm. and then zeb's like but look and having zeb be the one to be like look at the bigger picture is wild yeah like i do love that about him we haven't had a lot of zeb recently he sits out the mission to rescue Hera. He does play his part, though. He gets the gliders in the air. But we get so many good moments here with him and Sabine. I love their pairing. I think they're adorable together. We also get some of his grieving process, wanting to inflict some cathartic pain. Like, for real, he wants to punch it out. And we get some comic moments, his fear of Rook's <laughs> creepy eyes. That makes me like, what? He's looking at me. Yeah, he saw me. And she's like, he saw you? I don't know. He's got creepy I eyes. I don't, don't want to look. And he makes the scene look. I do like how that balances this. these episodes out. Even like Jedi Knight had a comedic moments to mm -hmm. kind of soften the blow of what was coming, even though you could kind of tell narratively where it was building to. And then with this episode, it's like this could have been an entire grief fest but they still try to be true to the characters because Zeb would be this kind of comedic force. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I love that he's with Sabine because then he can temper her anger, but then she tempers his anger when he finally gets a hold of something that he can punch. They're very balanced, which I really enjoyed seeing yeah. a relationship like this. Like, yes, we haven't seen it in forever, but finally we get some of them together. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so next we're going to move into our fourth holocron. This is binding the galaxy together. This is where we go over the homages, Easter eggs, connections, callbacks throughout these episodes. So I'm going to start us off with the torturing. Um, that torture table should look pretty familiar. We've seen Han on it. We've seen Leia. 
Leia uh, interact with the mind probe droid. We've seen Ray on the torture table. We've seen Poe be tortured. Mm-hmm. A lot of torture going on in Star Wars. Lucky yeah. for us, most of our people seem pretty resilient to these techniques for the Empire on the First Order. Yes. You would think that they would have better interrogation techniques by now, but no. Right? Vader's like, they're unusually strong with the Force. Every one of them. <laughs> son of a bitch. Oh my God. Okay. Speaking of a son of a bitch, next we have Krennic and Project Stardust. Rebel Season 4 kind of dovetails with Thrawn Treason, the novel, where Krennic shows up to give Thrawn a hard time. Seriously. <laughs> he shows up and he's like, yeah. You may be a grand admiral, but I'm Krennic and I have a cape, and that's amazing. And seriously, that is like one thing that his subordinate, who he sends, freaking Thrawn, like he sends his subordinate Ronan with to spy on Thrawn and make sure Thrawn's mission fails. This mm-hmm. guy's also like, I also have a sweet cape because Krennic has a cape and we look great. We love oh our capes. I do wish that Krennic had been on Rebels just because of this scene. <laughs> From Thrawn Treason. <laughs> like, give it to us, you cowards. <laughs> I want like so I want some kind of like a prequel, like a short or something that just shows mm-hmm. Krennic being like out and about on Coruscant mm-hmm. and he stumbles across like Lando at a at a casino or something and sees the cape and it's just like that's a good idea. <laughs> and that's why he's obsessed with capes. Good lord, that makes so much sense. No one can pull them off, but freaking Lando, though, he should better. He doesn't have the sexual charisma. Just isn't going to work. Okay, next. Dangerous. What could be dangerous about Lothal? Not as dangerous as those Lothcats. <laughs> Our intrepid Imperial soldiers who chased the Lothcats in one of our last episodes are here, and these are like the most incompetent people we've ever met. Mm, they're like oh it's just loath bats nothing to see here folks i do like that ezra's connection with animals of lothal is coming out even more as the season reaches its end not only should they be wary of low cats you know but the jedi that are connected with them mm-hmm. and maybe we should be worrying about other fauna of the planet like these enormous wolves maybe Although most people think they're a myth, so they're probably not quite as nervous about Yeah, it's all right. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. 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 Except we have a little bit of force foreshadowing. So this is actually like a a foreshadowing Easter egg. While Kanan is meditating during Jedi Night, we, we hear a lot of things going on. And one of the things is we hear Ezra say, you didn't prepare me for this, Kanan. This is the line that Ezra utters the following episode in Doom when he's kind of in his distraught period showing us that kanan at least in part knew where his fate was going yeah yeah Um, (laughs) and then we have the calicori uh here adds kanan to this family heirloom that's shown up a few times throughout the series making him part of her family forever thron also hints about hera's brother who we still don't really know much about yeah. We've seen Hera as a as a pretty young child now during Bad Batch, and her brother is still already not there. This next one, um, I'm wondering if it was a little bit of an homage. Kanan holding back the fire to me just reminded me so much of Jean Jean Grey in X2 at the end yeah. when she's holding back the water and her transition to the Phoenix yes. that they then bungled 
in the next movie and then again several movies later. <laughs> yeah. What movies? <laughs> <laughs> Either way though, Kanan's showing an incredible amount of power here. Yeah. I mean, when you think about how strong an explosion like that would be, the fact that he's just like holding it back one-handed is a uh, nothing short of miraculous. We've known for a while that Kanan's really strong in the force, but we hadn't realized he was really up there with some of the absolute greats. Yeah. No doubt the power of his emotional connections is in fact fueling him just as much as the force is. Mm-hmm. And then we also do get to see that, that vision clear. And one last time he gets to look at Hera with his own eyes before surrendering himself to fate. The promise made in season <laughs> two has finally come to fruition. Yes. We will see each other again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Filoni, you monster. <laughs> We love you, but also you're horrible. <laughs> oh, next we have Lothrat, Lothcat, Lofoof, Run, Pick a Pack, and all is done. Mm. Ezra's spoken this rhyme before. We have heard him say this back in season one. And now he's still stuck between paths, unsure what he should do next. And this, when he says this, this is like really when the wolves are like, my dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to have a conversation. <laughs> Very limited because of our vocabulary, but also we need to talk. Yes. For more on that poem, again, check out our series on Ezra Resort, where Colleen used this poem as a thesis for a very, very well-written essay and approximately seven and a half hours of podcasting. Long, everyone. (laughs) It's four parts. I didn't mean for the essay to get that long. It just happened. And next up, once again, we have the large wolf wolf doom, Mm -hmm. which is, again, Kanan's name. And he also has that white symbol on his forehead, which matches with Kanan's shoulder armor. Mm -hmm. Yep. Looked. When I first saw that, I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) More to come in later episodes on Kanan, Caleb, everything. Yes. Next, we have the Jedi Temple. In addition to the cave paintings back at base, the wolves gives Ezra a stone tablet directly from the Lothal Jedi Temple with three hand symbols on it, etched in gold. We wonder Mm. what those will mean. This couldn't possibly be important. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Except, I mean, this, this wolf really could give Yoda a run for his money in terms of directions without clear answers like vague nudges without actually explicitly saying much yeah. checking all the boxes the wolf is actually a little bit more efficient at it because even though he's speaking slowly he's only using one word sentences <laughs> so <laughs> i feel bad for ezra he's already had to deal with yoda and the bendu and now the wolves <laughs> it is interesting though it only seems like doom and the white wolf can speak yeah at least as far as we know. And I think this is really, I'm trying to remember now, is this the first time we've really ever seen the wolf, like, I want to say, like, speak with its mouth? Does the white wolf actually speak, or do we always, like, does it kind of imply that it's... It seems more like it's mental. Yeah. With the white wolf. Like, he opens his mouth, but it's not, it doesn't look like it's articulated as much. Mm -hmm. But Doom actually speaks. Okay. And then last, we have our little self-contained callback. 
<laughs> Hera kneeling at the altar at the end of Doom is a mirror of Kanan doing the same at the start of Jedi Knight. Bookending these episodes. <laughs> Horribly, Dave Floating. Thank you so much. But I also love you. Please cre keep creating Star Wars content. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, well, before we move into our next holothron, take a quick break to hear from our affiliate partner, Fiverr. Do you need a freelancer to help with your website, maybe a designer or someone to help you write some expert articles and blogs, or maybe you need a presentation designer to help you with a big work project? Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as just $5 a gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with your pressing projects. Just post your gig and search for freelancers and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers on your own. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in our show notes to get started. Please note Bohemian Geek Studies is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of BGS and we appreciate your continued support. We're heading into our fifth holocron, the newbie from Naboo. I feel really bad. <laughs> I was going to say, you really should. <laughs> I feel so bad. Every single time someone new watches this show that I have told to watch it, they get to these episodes and are like, I hate you. Why is my life? Fuck everything. And I'm like, that's fair. <laughs> that's Absolutely. Where I was too. Yeah. So this is Flo's first time watching Rebels. Her yep. first time watching Jedi Knight. And yeah, so we've tasked her with watching these episodes. I'm very sorry once again to give us her questions and her takes. So while we try not to cry, let's find out what our ambassador for Naboo thought about today's episodes, starting with Jedi Knight. Uh. Okay. So I'm going to kick this off with, I told you so, and I'm very proud of your poker faces. Those were impressive poker faces last week. I am very, well, very proud. You have no idea how long we've been holding these poker faces. Oh, I, I bet. So thank you for that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to start off by being honest, um, which, which is not that I like saw spoilers or anything because I did not, but my, my truth, I did not cry. Yeah. I did not cry. I saw this coming from a mile away. And so I was like, okay, here we go. All right. So let's run through this episode. I'm going to start by doing an overall thing from this episode is that the score was very strange. Mm. it felt like why are you looking at me like that <laughs> no i i agree with you actually yeah. this was going to be one of my points for later so we can okay. so we can get into it now great so this score felt very disney and i wrote that over and over and over again in my bullets i was just like this doesn't sound like star wars it was very strange and i can't quite pinpoint it but just starting from that very first scene we see kanan meditating with the wolf and the score is weird and i was like this is it it's gonna happen like I i'm not even tripping so i think what i think what you're picking up on is at least the way i kind of saw it um especially going into this having watched this episode a few times yeah right at the beginning it has it sounds like it's supposed to have a lighter feel like it's supposed to yeah. be a little bit more lyrical, but it still feels really like ominous and makes it's you important. nervous. It's still got this like softness that makes you worried. Well, you're almost worried because it's supposed to be so light and you're like, nothing in Star Wars is ever this light. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And there's that feel throughout the episode and we'll get into this, but there was like, there was so much good, like good, 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 good. Oh my God, it's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> 
the okay. um the the music kind of during the breakout felt a little bit more like normal like okay we're into an action episode this is moving this is moving and then it's so so quiet it's so serene and it ends with nothing choral that choral music at the end is like oh my god oh very like they're trying they're almost going towards the duel of fates thing but yeah sad <laughs> mm. so Right away, Kanan tells Ezra that he's going to take the lead on this Hera rescue because he's not thinking clearly because he loves her. Mm-hmm. And this right there, like first minute of the episode, you're like, Kanan is passing the torch. He mm-hmm. is going to die. Like this, like it was so, and it's been obvious to me for the past couple episodes, but this one, I was like, we're done. You're done. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a super intense start, like we just talked about. Then, like, right after that, we see Hera being tortured, which is like, don't ever show me that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Fuck Price. I hate her. <laughs> yeah, especially when she's like, you have a lovely voice. Seriously, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Price. Um, we see Thrawn. He taunts Hera with the heirloom, right? The, like, Calicori. Which is actually very out of character for him. Hmm. It, it makes me feel weird watching that scene after reading all the books because he's not he taunts people but not like that but maybe he thought that was the only way Hera would break so that's why he did it but he's not really like that <laughs> well it didn't work she didn't give up no. anything um we learn a smidge about her brother yeah yeah um, which was kind of interesting I just wrote fuck you Thrawn <laughs> um yeah. yeah so my next note this is like so they decide they're gonna make these gliders right to look like loaf bats yeah and right then it's like sabine and zeb i think and i wrote it right here it says weird very disney soundtrack so there's like a weird swell there where it was like okay i don't know it was just so weird then we get a montage so we get sabine and zeb and ezra building these faux loaf bats mm-hmm. and we get Kanan like meditating cutting his hair shaving mm-hmm. I can't I can't See, for me wrote- that was the instant that was the moment like you're right it's been broadcast through the last several episodes they're obviously building to it the second he cuts his hair I'm like oh he's done yeah he's done <laughs> well and I'm sorry but he looks so bad yeah yeah he did oh. have a mirror <laughs> It's a no from me. Yeah, no. Our friend oh, Sloan agrees with you. <laughs> oh, a lot. It, yeah, it, it was just really bad. I did not like it. I loved the shot of Chop pulling the gliders. That yeah. was so cool. The sky looked beautiful. It was just like, it, again, like it was like one of those like music swelling moments. It was just awesome it was so so cool we get a Krennic mention right after that um Tarkin is talking to Thrawn he's like Krennic is trying to get his project funded like we want to make sure your project gets funded um blah blah blah. just you know imperial shit yeah um the troopers like start talking about Lothbats and don't don't even notice anything that was pretty funny (laughs) and like I just we knew for sure like if you didn't know before if the previous episodes didn't tell you if the hair didn't tell you if the passing the baton to Ezra didn't tell you 
Canaan looking at Sabine and Ezra and mm-hmm. saying, may the force be with you. <laughs> I wrote, may the force be with you. Oh, you're dead. Yes. <laughs> like, Come on. Uh, then they pull up the probe droid and they shoot Hera up with the uh, truth serum, happy mm-hmm. juice. And she sees Kanan and he's coming to save her. And so good. <laughs> so good. And she's like, y'all don't stand a chance. And also like, she's drunk off her ass. It was hilarious. Kanan's here. <laughs> yeah, Kanan's here. Um, the Star Wars theme swells. It's wild shit. Kanan is such a G. He like fights them so well. It's just like, he gets her out. He's so cool. I love how he refers to it. You're in a special mood. I was like, ah! <laughs> like, oh, he's seen her high before. So this- <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, girl, you are wild right now. So, okay, I didn't write this in my notes, but Kanan knew he was going to die, right? That is up for debate. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to talk about it a little bit later about how Filoni feels about. Okay, so I'll hold off. But in my opinion, he does. Anyways, we'll come back to it later. Hera can say nothing but I hate your hair. We're all with you, Hera. We are one mind. Amazing. Fantastic. The line reading, so good. So good. So dry. Amazing. Um, she's very excited that he got her calicori back. Mm-hmm. She's like, mine. wow. And then she's like, this isn't really a present because it's mine. So good. Like, okay. <laughs> Kanan, this is mine. <laughs> this is mine. Um, Rook is the worst, and I hate him. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to this in a later episode, but Zeb should have killed him a million percent. Yeah, million. Yeah. No, don't even fight with me. No, on I'm, I'm, with, I'm with, I'm, I'm with you on this one. Okay. I, I like, <laughs> I, I don't understand that decision from Sabine. I okay, we'll get there when we get there. But so dangerous, that. and they let him go. Right. Right. Okay. We'll get there. Sorry. I cut way ahead because I hate him so much. Hera is the best drunk. She's amazing. I'm obsessed (laughs) with her. She's like so lovey-dovey. It's great. Then they look at the gliders and Kanan goes, the kids came up with that one. And I'm just like, y'all are too much for me. And I feel like they did such an intense job of like cranking up the cute, crank up the cute, crank up the cute. Mm -hmm. And he's dead. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hera sobered up real quick when they started shooting at them yeah all of a sudden kanan has no more saber which is like okay you're done yeah um (laughs) when they crash and kanan goes one of your better crashes and they start arguing over (laughs) crashing again they gave us so many amazing moments in this episode Mm -hmm. i swear to god i wrote all this down before i finished the episode i wrote fuel depot makes me nervous explosions question mark Mm -hmm. it was just so obvious like they really like they spoon fed it to me right then harris says i love you and he's like this is the truth serum she's like no this is all me and i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna say if there was a point that might make flo cry i don't think it was going to be kanan dying it would have been that on the totally. rewatch, I shrieked. if you ever rewatch that, then you might cry because I cry I much might... harder now than the first okay. time I watched it. <laughs> it was so great. 
And then they kiss and it's like the best kiss. And it's just like amazing. Cause like, you know, they're going to die. It's like, you know, it's like Jack and Rose when you like know that Jack is going to freaking drown. And it's just like, you just have this like one moment in time frozen forever. Oh God, it's so great. Mm-hmm. I wrote, I got a bad feeling. <laughs> then the ad at comes. Mm-hmm. And then I just wrote, fuck. Kanan was protecting everyone he loved. This is exactly what he's always wanted to do, I think. Um, this is who he is. Like, this is the way that he was supposed to go. I think this is how he wanted to go. I don't think there was any other way that he would have wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a question here. Okay. In that final moment, I feel like his eyes look different. Could yes. he see? Yes. Yes. They heal. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm so happy about that. <laughs> That was a mistake. <laughs> Dave oh, Filoni, Filoni did a sketch and he accidentally added Kanan's eyes in and then he decided to keep it. Oh my God. I thought it was beautiful. It was so almost good. like good. in dying, like the force healed him, like for this like one moment before yeah. he became the force. Oh, oh. He was so one with the force that his body was like incredible basically because it was never seen hate canon be this powerful like holy shit yeah i mean he was holding back fire yes yeah that was crazy tried to hold hair back the the ground splits a little bit from his standing position it's like god this is so cool (laughs) it was very cool (sighs) but (laughs) it's so good i've had wine everyone so i will probably cry at some point And then my last note on this episode, because I always have to be right. I just wrote, I called this all yeah. caps. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was like, Flo, she got it. She got I got it. it. Flo, we've been Star watching, Wars. we've been watching you like get more, more invested in Kanan over the past several seasons yeah. and get really invested in Hera and Kanan. And at some point, Colleen and I, after one of our recording sessions, we were texting each other. We were like, oh God, when she gets to Jedi Knight. <laughs> But here's the thing, like, this is what I expect from Star Wars. Yeah. There's no happy endings. Nobody gets everything they want because that's life. Like, you have to give something up. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to fight in this fight, like, you know that there's going to be casualties. I will say, I was surprised that they took it this far in a kid's show, a quote unquote kid's show. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's pretty dark. Yeah. Um, Don't just wait. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, pretty. There's a lot going on in these last few episodes. For a TVY7 rating. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because the movies are all PG 13, right? I think so. Some of the original Maybe not the originals. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say maybe the original trilogy might be PG, but I feel like all the newer stuff, even prequels, would have been PG 13, right? Yeah. yeah. So this feels like a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Okay. Anyways, I was surprised. I mean, this is great episode. Yeah. Amazing. The ending when the screen is white. I mm. yeah. <laughs> it hits so hard on rewatching. <laughs> that's that's usually when I start crying is when the screen is white. And silence. I mean, it, it was very it reminded me a lot of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Like on Game of Thrones where main character dies and then we got there were some episodes where we got silence. Yep. Yeah. And it was intense. So anyways, yeah, loved it. Okay, shall we move on to the next episode? Yes. Doom. Doom. Okay, episode 11, Doom. My first note says, fuck you, Price. Yes. 
strong start. Fucking hate her so much. <laughs> yeah. So she calls for a parade, um, which is partially to celebrate Kanan's death and also partially to hide the fact that they are fucked. Yeah. Like yeah. they have no more fuel to fuel the factories. Mm-hmm. I will say, if I was going to cry at any moment in these three episodes, mm-hmm. there was a moment right here where the camera pans to Zeb and he sees the ship coming in and he looks so happy and hopeful. And you already know that Kanan is not stepping off that ship. (laughs) Paulina's crying already. (laughs) I will say to me, that was the hardest moment. It was Mm -hmm. just like, and then Sabine like brushes past him and he's like, what happened? And it's like, we all know that feeling where it's like, you know, something has happened and nobody's telling you. And then mm-hmm. he sees Ezra and Hera and Chop and he's like, where's Kanan? You know, like you can see it on his face. He's like, where's the last member? Right. And then where's Ezra dad? Up, yeah, where's dad? Ezra comes up, says Kanan's gone. And Zeb automatically is like in disbelief. He's captured like, okay. He's like, no, Kanan's gone. Yeah. And that was tough. When they hug, I'm like, (laughs) that's not even Pinnacle. No, No. Pinnacle comes next. Chop coming up to Hera, taking his claw out and holding her hand. I, I can't. This may have moved Chop into like top droid for me. Yes. Like, wow. That was was a lot. That was a lot. And he went right to Hera too. He did not even. Yeah. No, he, he knew that like she would be, de- and he stayed with her. This whole, whole episode, he was with her. Yep. He was mm-hmm. not like letting her go. That was amazing. That yeah, was, that was. <laughs> and we see like immediately that Hera is like inconsolable, in mourning, like not like kind of um frozen to others, like not even seeing them. Um, yeah. Just like has to be going through her own shit right now. Right. Then, fuck you, Ryder. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I was like, what was going to be so bad? (laughs) Rattled. Okay, so Ezra is like over here sticking up for Hera. He's like, she just needs time. And what does fucking Ryder say? Not, I'm so sorry, Hera. All my condolences. Like, take the time you need. He says, we don't have time. It's like, fuck you. Where were you on this rescue mission, Ryder? Go fuck yourself. When Ezra's like, I know we don't have time, but we need something. Yeah. Yeah, Shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. God, I was mad. Okay. Um, the then there are times in these episodes where I'm just like, what kind of LSD were these people on? (laughs) And this is one of the times I am like, I really, I'm going to be honest. I do not like this plot line. This like Lothwolf plot line. I'm just like, stop it. Just like cut it out. I can't. It's too much. I don't get it. You don't want it to stop. (laughs) No, I do. I I actually do. It's going to be great. (laughs) I really do. They're doing such a bad job at explaining it that it's just frustrating me. So, okay. So all these wolves. (laughs) They will explain it. Somewhat. Well, they better. So all these wolves start snarling at Ezra and then run him down. And then they like fucking check him like they're at a hockey game. They like check into him. He falls down and then like gets knocked out. 
okay, fine. Now he's just like in a field. Meanwhile, Price is holding Kanan's saber and I'm like, get your fucking hands off of his lightsaber before I chop off your hand. Unbelievable. Thrawn is pissed. Yeah. He's like, you did all this for one Jedi and now we have no more like and like no more fuel for all of these tie fighter factories like you just fucked up everything yep okay so that's i mean that's kind of good for us though right okay yes it is then we see hera she's sitting at the like makeshift altar that kanan had made um she's talking to chop she's full of regret she's full of guilt that she let the war go on and basically they could have avoided it they could have just like pieced out of the rebellion and been like Let's just go live. Um, she pulls out the calicory and immediately I'm like, I know exactly what she's going to do with this. And I wrote, if she adds him to it, I swear, exclamation point. <laughs> Obviously she does later. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's kind of like, it's almost as beautiful as Anakin and Padme getting married on Naboo. It feels like very like, a union of two families of two beings who like love each other it's just sad that like Kanan had to do this in death right mm-hmm. like that's yeah that's it's sad especially so because guilty. like yeah. right and I think it's hard too because if you look at Kanan versus Anakin like Kanan was so much more open to love and to like attachment and like understood that like these things don't make him a bad Jedi. And also, like, who the fuck cares? Mm-hmm. Whereas poor Anakin, like, who wanted those things so badly, but was so repressed and didn't know how to do them, he did get to have this union with Padme, but it was sullied by this, like, doubt, horrible training and doubt and fear and pain. And it was just like, oh, yeah. so at least Kanan is free of that. Yes. So speaking of just flow, you reminded me of something I've been meaning to ask you. This has nothing to do with these episodes, though. Okay. But you just mentioned Anakin and Padme's wedding. Feel free to edit this out if this goes on too far. Oh, I'm ready. Did you, re- did you read the excerpt from Queen's Hope? No. No? All right. So <laughs> the book's coming out in April. It's the third of E.K. Johnson's like Padme trilogy. Okay. Um, and the excerpt that got released a few days ago is from Anakin and Padme's perspective, like, getting ready to go out there for the wedding shut the fuck up right now yeah okay i need a i need a link immediately in my text <laughs> immediately like don't pass go do not collect 200 give them to me right now okay so i'm gonna have to read these these might be the yes. first star wars novels that i read y'all and they're really good okay they are really I'm good really the first excited. one is like her kind of like training with the handmaidens Okay. Like right as she gets elected queen. Mm-hmm. The second one is like right after she becomes a senator. Okay. So she has to like learn how to do this, learn how to like navigate the Senate sure. and politics. Yeah. And then this one is like detailing her the, her early man- marriage to Anakin. Okay, so I need to know two things. Number one, are these YA? Yes. Mm, technically, they're like teen level. So, okay, so that's that answers my show. second question. Yeah, no, there's no fucking. How graphic is this going to be? <laughs> they talk about periods. All right. Well, I talk about like, periods. They in actually my talk about like so. girl things. Like they talk about Padme as like a person. Okay. Which is really cool because she's a teenager and she's like, sure. but I want to go to the rock concert though. <laughs> right. Even though she's but, the queen. 
<laughs> Will we get wedding night scenes? Probably. E.K. Johnson doesn't usually shy away from stuff. I'm in. That's true. I'm in. I'm, one I'm of the all handmaidens in. hooks up with one of the palace guard pilots. Oh, guys. yeah. So. Okay. Get it. It's get there. It. Get like, it. there is some sexiness, but okay. yeah. Well, then I'm in. I'm all in. Okay. Tangent over. Okay. It was a good tangent, though. That was a very good <laughs> Um, okay, so I feel, so at this point, Sabine and Zeb are pissed and they're going to take out this, their anger on the parade that's happening. And I felt the whole time that they were kind of playing right into the Empire's hands. Like, I felt like it was pretty obvious they were going to hit the parade in anger, not in like anything planned. Right. The factories are shut down, which is great which means that Kanan like fulfilled the mission actually like he stopped the mm-hmm. the tie fighter project. Yep. We then see Ezra basically lost in Lothal. And I thought it was really funny cuz he's like, "Well, I grew up on this planet. How am I lost?" Like, "Well, you don't fucking know the whole planet, you dumb right. fuck." You're in the wrong hemisphere. Like, what the hell are you talking about? So that was crazy. Then he does like eeny meeny miny mo to figure out where he's going. But then he doesn't even stick with it. He's like, no, 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 no. Okay, Andy, this way. And then he's like, well, no. But it's like, you're lost. Just pick a way. Um, <laughs> Sabine and Zeb are basically just like terrorists, just like car bombing at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool. Then they see the rook, they see the rook guy, mm-hmm. and Zeb is scared of him, yeah. which is pretty <laughs> cute, actually. Um, then we see Ezra. I just wrote Ezra tripping balls, is what kind I wrote. Of yes he's like absolutely tripping all of a sudden he's like sliding off a mountain and there's wolves everywhere and the sky is swirling and it's just like i don't know what you smoked on that plane my dude but like the force is with him (laughs) this is crazy shit so the biggest loath wolf is like my name is doom right Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of like are you canaan like are you canaan and a wolf so if you look closely, you will notice that the markings on the wolf's forehead actually match Kanan's shoulder sigil on his armor. So I feel like it looked very familiar. And then obviously he's like, I'm doomed. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, too bad for Kanan because I fucking hate that wolf. <laughs> okay, and I wrote I wrote this later. Um, then, so whatever, Ezra's tripping balls, he's with the wolves. The Actually, I'll just say it now. Where did I write it? I wrote, I hate how Doom talks, ugh. And I wrote, this is going to be a hot take. This is worse than Bendu. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, at least Bendu could get out a fucking sentence. Yeah, okay, the these wolves, wolves, the wolves can't. Oh my god, it's like word by words, like pulling teeth, and they yeah. talk like they've got fucking like emphysema. It's the worst. Oh my Lanta, put them on oxygen. They're just wolves. Horrible. They can't talk as well. Well then don't talk. Like <laughs> communicate with him through spirit. I don't know, but like I don't want to hear it anymore. It was so annoying. So anyway, that's my hot take. Um okay, then we get Rook fighting Sabine and um Zeb. Did we know that Rook could be invisible? No, right? At this point, no. I okay. did, but only because <laughs> okay fair i feel like that's a weird thing that he just like pulled out of his ass he's just like i'm now i'm invisible there's two of you i'm invisible it's like part of his tech 
Yeah. So, it was but so his species weird. Has, yeah, so. I didn't think it was like a natural thing. I was pretty sure it was Yeah, like yeah, yeah. No, it looked like he pressed a button on something yeah. and then became invisible. But mm-hmm. like, it was so weird. Then Sabine like paintballs him mm-hmm. and it's like, you're not so invisible now. And then we get Zeb just beating the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there we we pointed to this earlier in the ep- earlier in last episode, but there was no reason for Zeb to keep him alive. No, none. And like, no. what did they do? They painted him up like a fucking clown and sent him on his way. Like, I understand you feel like you're sending a message, but like, fucking send his dead body back painted. I would like, do that. No reason. I would do that, or I mean, if you are going to not kill him, and maybe you're, maybe you decide you're not going to do that. I, like I said, Phil, this is one of the times that I'm agreeing with you. Like, no, like he was about to kill you. Like, you would be fine to, you would be justified to take him out here. Why don't they take him prisoner? Why don't they like cuff him? Question him and question him. Yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. None of this made sense. It was so confusing. Okay, so Ezra is still tripping balls with the wolves at this point. He says that he feels lost. He misses Kanan. He misses his master, which is like weird to hear him refer to him as master because I feel like we haven't heard that in a while from him. Right. And you almost kind of forget that Kanan was his master because they were kind of operating as equals for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, like the wolf is like fear, which is like, we know where this leads, wolves. <laughs> I need you to not. Um, okay. The wolves then, also need Ezra to not. <laughs> yeah, we need Ezra to not. Then the wolves are like, hey, you know what's cool? The Rosetta Stone. So <laughs> here's a large stone. <laughs> here's what I wrote about the stone I wrote rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. <laughs> <laughs> It was just like, what? What is happening? So anyways, they give him the stone. Ezra's like, I'm pretty sure this is from the Jedi Temple. So obviously they're going to go to the Jedi Temple. Um, yeah, this is what I wrote. This is worse than Bendu. Um, Hera adds Kanan to the Kalikori. She's mm-hmm. bouncing back. She's like getting back into like, she's bouncing back a little quick. I'm not going to lie. But she's back into her hero mode. Like, we're going to go do it. The mission, blah, blah, blah. And they're off to the Jedi Temple for God knows what. And then that takes us into the next episode, which is called Wolves and a Door. Yep. Okay. You didn't watch this one, did you? Oh, was I not supposed to? (laughs) No, you're supposed to stop there. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I watched this. I'm ready for next week. Oh okay. man, you watched it already. <laughs> okay, so you, yeah, so no, next week is Wolves and next week is Wolves and a Door and the one after it. Okay. Okay, so this is for all of y'all. Next week, watch episode 12 and 13 and find out if I liked episode 12. Something tells I me it's thoughts. a no. <laughs> but we'll I find out. Come and find out next week. We'll find Why out. did I watch so many episodes then? Y'all should have stopped me. Text me next time. <laughs> it's too much work. Hey, oh, you're man. already ahead. Or That's you good. already did notes for half of next week. Yeah, see, look at me go. And they're beautiful. Look at that. Pink I love green. the color coding and the neatness. So Thank good. You. So yeah, find out what I thought about um Wolves at the know, door. The door. Things I don't understand. I think it should have been wolves at the door. I think that I always think it words is they were going for. 
Same yeah, thing with the same things with uh last week. I always want to say that it's crawler commandos and it's mm -hmm. crawler commandeers. Yeah. 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 Every single time I'm like, what's the title again? <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> okay, let me honorable trivia. <laughs> let me give a little score for these. I would say Jedi Knight gets on I would say nine and a half. Mm -hmm. It was very good. Mm -hmm. I can't give it a perfect score because it was so obvious yeah and like well that's the kids show in it yeah you know, that's more of a I get that. but i will say like it did not hit me like ned stark stuff mm -hmm. like that one i was like they can't kill him they can't kill him and then spoiler alert he gets beheaded yeah. <laughs> if you did not watch season one of game of thrones i don't know what to do with you um you're gonna have to watch it it's a rule yeah um and then for the second episode i am like a five <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I just, I can't with the wolves. I swear. I can't okay. wait for, for you to get more of what the wolves are about. Yeah. <laughs> Do they start talking faster? Because I can't. They can't. I mean, they don't have the capacity to do it. Well, all right. Well, I don't know. But they, what they're doing becomes more apparent. What they're doing is eating up my Star Wars minutes. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Thank God they are. <laughs> I have no empathy for these wolves. Also, they're very fickle. They keep like changing their minds. They're like, are I'm they? snarling at Ezra. I'm not snarling at Ezra. I'm gonna what, what? I can't. Well, they are animals too. Like they're not they're not tame and they're sentient, but they're definitely going off of instinct and something else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we can't no, we can't tell you that, but we there will is find a reason, out more next week. There is a reason for what the Loath Wolves are doing. Okay. Deal. I'll believe you. <laughs> That's it. That, those are my takes. Woo. All right. I like it. <laughs> I only teared up once, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> that was fine. You were fine. You're strong. <laughs> You're all good. Okay, everybody. <laughs> we're going to head into our next holocron which is the sixth holocron conjecture at the cantina. This is where we ask your questions about the episode and explore some wider Star Wars lore together. I will get us started with what did Dave Filoni and Cruel have to say about these episodes? Well, I'm just going to cry again. It's fine. Don't cry. <laughs> we need to go over Jedi Knight and Doom. Uh, Filoni said that Kanan cutting off his hair and shaving was a like a purification ritual that he knows this moment is transitional for him doesn't necessarily know that he's going to die, but he's preparing for that possibility. But Freddie Prince Jr. was really adamant from the beginning that Kanan had to die oh. by the end of Rebels, that it was what the story needed. So pulling a Harrison Ford right here, being like, you need to kill off my character. <laughs> I think for different reasons than Harrison Ford wanted Han Solo killed off, but still, uh, they were also really secretive about the voice cast acting for this episode he like took away the last two pages and waited for them to get done with everything and then took them all aside and had a talk with them about what was going to happen and as they all started to realize that freddie wouldn't be with them anymore recording they all started crying and getting really emotional. i was like dave filoni you're such a jake <laughs> so he got very strong reactions out of them because he held back the information. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I got a question. No, I don't know that Kanan had to die. So, okay, Death so this gets into dies. one of my kind of points here. 
number one. So this for me was like, I kind of had forgotten um, at this point, the first time I watched the series, because you get invested in these characters and you start to want to root, you really want to root for them. You want everything to turn out okay. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of hit me, like, this is when it hit me. Like, I was like, wait, so this takes place before A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And by the time we get to Empire, Yoda has to be like technically right that Luke is going to be the last of the Jedi. So don't know if Kanan and Ezra can make it out of this. <laughs> right. Yeah. In, in, in the traditional sense of making it out of the situation. I mean, that's how we felt about Rogue One, right? Like we knew that Rogue One had to end poorly. Yeah, it has to end poorly for these people. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't give people hope, but. Rebellions so. are built on hope. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, my other question about this now, talking again about the hair, and um, so Kanan has kind of come back as a as a loath wolf. At least mm-hmm. it is working through him. If Kanan comes back as a uh, as a force ghost, does he get his hair back? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say what I have to say about the next episode. <laughs> uh, and then. I mean, they should always put the hottest version of you as your ghost. Yeah. Like we got a version of yourself as the ghost. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next up, we talked about the music already, but I do want to shout out the the music credits for this because there were actually several. Mm. Um, There was scoring mixer Mark Evans, the theme composer Kevin Kiner, uh, Mm -hmm. music assistant Kevin Fullman, and then there were four people credited as additional composers. Hmm. So credit to Reuven Herman, Dean Keener, Sean Keener, uh, and David G. Russell for all of that music for Jedi Knight. A lot of, a lot of Kiners in there. Yeah, a lot yeah. of Kiners or Keeners, I'm not sure how to, it's probably Kiner, you're right. <laughs> um, Colleen, this one's kind of more directed at you. So Thrawn leaves during Jedi Knight and that actually, plan- he leaves for the events of Thrawn Treason. Yep. Um, which is a novel that Flo has not read. <laughs> Unless he's fucking half the galaxy, I'm really not interested. And he's got, and so, and Tarkin is like, you know, should we fund the Defender Project or Krennic's Project, Project Stardust, which is obviously the Death Star. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if we're at that point, does that make this too early for the like Protocol 13 evacuation to have been Jeddah? Because if the Death Star's at the point where it's doing full test firings, does that mean that, like, funding's not a question anymore at that point? It's done. I think they're all, like, very much dominoes stacked to fall over at this point. I know this is happening in zero. So it's Mm -hmm. before the Battle of Yavin, zero. This is all happening, like, very much close together. Kind of very insane closer to the like a beginning of the year maybe and then as things go on towards a new hope it gets just closer and closer together Mm -hmm. i still think it's jetta just because we really don't have a sense of the timing um when jetta gets destroyed and when they get to the rebel council Mm -hmm. so i think it is it still could be within that time frame like shit is happening really fast at the end of rebels yeah, we're used to it being more drawn out, but this like last chunk of episodes is all hitting really close. Okay. Yeah. 
I would uh, say. All right. And then I just kind of wanted to take a chance here to like highlight. I mean, Flo is um, not too happy about it, but we are getting a chance here to get into the kind of the mysticism of the force. We're doing we're the force is doing things that we've never seen before. And it's actually happening from the light side. So I wanted to take a second, like go back and think about the way the animated series have kind of expanded the understanding of things the force can do and not just by Jedi and Sith. Mm -hmm. um, one of the biggest elements of the Clone Wars series were the Night Sisters, those dark side force witches. Sexy witches. <laughs> the sexy witches who gave Maul his regular mechanical legs, not the scorpion ones. They fixed his regular ones. Mm. Oil can. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly and then, <laughs> and but they also managed to do things like they enhanced Savage Press. Like they mm -hmm. turned him from a skinny little weakling into an absolute jacked killing machine via dark side magic. Yeah. These are this the same these are the same <laughs> witches flow that like possessed Sabine and Kanan. Back yeah, on yeah, Dathomir yeah. and all Sorry, that. Sorry, I'm just laughing because every time I hear Savage Opress, I just imagine how great a drag name that would be. And I'm just like <laughs> yes. obsessed with it. He's like, got big drag energy too. Savage I mean, does. that is a drag name. I like I don't even know <laughs> how you could see it any other way. Sorry. <laughs> I was just laughing in my own head about that. <laughs> That's fine. <clears throat> but here we actually do see some of like the kind of magic, quote unquote, that the light side is capable of with mm -hmm. the Lothwolves, like we saw the force walk last time. And, you know, Flo may hate the scene, but I love the way that sky looks when Ezra's having that like dream. It's got like the purple swirls and everything just looks absolutely gorgeous. Plus, I mean, oh. the wolf is, it's speaking in single words. And yes, that is frustrating, but it is speaking basic. I like the sky. The sky is beautiful. <laughs> I don't disagree with the sky. The sky is great. Can we instead have Force Ghost Kanan being like, yo, here's the mm -hmm. download? Instead of like, first of all, as soon as like he he was like on this hill, right? He like, and then he started like toppling, and I got nauseous. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is the scariest thing ever. Like, he's just tripping balls in a field by himself, surrounded by wolves. Then all of a sudden he's on this like crazy mm -hmm. moonscape with wolves and he's falling off of it. No, thank you. I'd rather not be a Jedi if that's what that means. He can't. Well, I mean, most Jedi can't be Force ghosts, or they haven't learned how to do it. So at yeah. this point, only Qui Gon and Yoda know how to do it. And even then, Yoda's still kind of like in training, and he's yeah, got Yoda's Obi Wan in training. If we on the technique, <laughs> Qui Gon was the first one to do it. Yeah, Qui Gon yeah. figured out how to do it, and mm -hmm. it's also. I, I like to think of it also as like it's the force being bigger than just the Jedi. Like you, this is something more. This is like literally the planet Lothal is actually kind of reaching out to. Ezra, yeah. And I like all that. I don't have an issue with that. The issue is the that voice. it takes him 10 minutes <laughs> to get out barely a fragment. Okay. Okay. I can't. He does have some big Yoda energy. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's got some big Bendu energy. It's fucking worse. <laughs> He will be much more. He's directly trying to intervene. He is directly trying <laughs> to intervene. That's fair. That's fair. At least he's doing something. <laughs> I fully agree with that. But on the flip side, Bendu spoke in complete sentences. Yes. yes. He was able to do that for sure. So, no. All right, guys. Well, 
I think that is going to wrap it up for us today. Tune in next time as we continue our season four coverage. Again, no sneak peeks, even though Flo's already got halfway there. <laughs> we are getting way too close to the end here to, to risk any spoilers. But until next time, follow us wherever you get your podcast. Leave us those five-star reviews. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's Book Corner where she reviews Star Wars literature and contact us through email and social media. And as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to come and join us. It really does help. You can also head over to ForgottenEntertainment.com. Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast where we examine different facets of Star Wars canon. And we are currently making our way through the newly released Star Wars Visions. Until next time, lightsabers up and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Got to pour out a whole freaking glass for Kate. <laughs>